Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and beer is our release. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And this week we are reading and the- we're the Drunk Guys. Uh, fuck <laughs> shit. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading The Giver by Lois Lowry. And we are drinking- Oh, you brought this, Nate. What is so, this? color isn't a really important part of the book. Seeing color or not seeing color, we'll explain why later. So, so we have so all important that today. all of our beers have to do with it. Exactly. So important that here's a reason to buy beers with colors in the name. So the first one we're trying is Purple Haze by Abita, which is from Louisiana. We had and Jimmy Hendrix. We had one of their beers in um, the Confederate State of Dunces episode, mm-hmm. and Purple Haze is a raspberry lager. Is it? That's what it's. That's what it alleges. Oh shit! It is. It fucking smells like it. It's not as raspberry as the is this beer. <laughs> yeah, that was really. That was like just raspberry chism. <laughs> it's pretty. It has like a raspberry kind the, of the smell. The smell is way it. more raspberry y. Mm-hmm. Whatever the adjective but it, but form it, of that. It's it really light, faint, like pinkish. It's got a hue. It's got a hue. It. Yeah, <laughs> a hue. Though I have to say, if you told me this was raspberry seltzer water, I would go, mm, yeah, I believe that. And I would go, mm, you're a grandma. Because you called it seltzer water. <laughs> seltzer water? Because I was, yeah, that was your egg cream boy. <laughs> I used to go to the lunch counter and get a raspberry seltzer water. They Cost let, a nickel. They didn't let the colored sit there back then, of course you know. Good times. <laughs> we are less than two minutes into the podcast. You already used the word guys. coloreds. <laughs> Colors is our theme. I'm sticking to the theme. I don't know what you fucking amateurs are doing. I have a mission here. So the giver. <laughs> What are they going to give? No fucks will be given. I'll tell you that. So The Giver is a dystopian young adult novel, which is perfect for us because we have the attention span of a young adult mm-hmm. and uh, the drinking capacity of a young adult, it seems sometimes, that takes place in the future, sort of. Vaguely. It doesn't really matter. Like, there's no technology. To, well, there's some technology, but it's in the future. After some sort of cataclysm has happened and the area where our protagonist, Jonas, lives has shifted towards... This new way of life called sameness. Capital S. Yeah, there's, there's like a lot of, just like a lot of dystopian books, there's like words that just appear that are normally regular kind of, you know, common nouns, but now they are a proper noun mm-hmm. because of the way the society has restructured itself. And Jonas is a kid, he's about, as the book starts, he's about to turn 12, which is a really important year for the... Uh, the children of this town. I don't even where they get, the community where they have get a name, placed. is it? Yeah, yeah it's like a, a city name? No, it doesn't really ever say. They don't, they don't, it's not like they live they in They don't have Philadelphia. any contact with any other community. Like well, they, they have are, other communities, but they're like similar to the same thing. The regular people don't have contact. They're sort of like just... Yes, they do. They meet the other kids. There's a part where like the boy from the other community cut in front of the line for the slide. And, and they're like, oh, that's okay, little child. You don't remember. They, well, they, they don't have sl- contact with a wide group of people. It's certainly they, nobody different than that. That's the important thing. They're, they're, they're all similar. Everybody is like very, very similar. <clears throat> um, and so, I forget what I was going to say. So, anyway. The, why is 12 important? What oh, happens? yeah. Of course, because so 12 is the age when all kids are basically assigned their job. Or they're assigned the career that they're going to start training for that they will start doing when they're adults. Right. And so, the society spends an uh, abundant amount of time observing children to see their skills and strengths and weaknesses and character traits and all that kind of stuff and identify what kind of job in society they will be best suited for, which on the surface sounds like a really good idea, actually. It's very pragmatic. Because when you say, you can go do whatever you want, son, whatever makes you happy, you get a whole lot of marine biologists with, with you know tuition bills they can't pay off. But, Someone needs to study manatees. <laughs> right. Not, they have so much Or, wait, wait, going to music school? 
Uh, hey, Some hey, you remember your name? You did that twice, and you, you know you hear about it forever. I only did it once, and that was enough. Because <laughs> you know history was a smart choice. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. There's never going to be any more of that. <laughs> so Jonas is a little boy, you know, 11 years old, who is going to find out his new, you know, his new place in life. Mm-hmm. And as the book goes on, they reveal more and more about this society and. The details of it, which any good dystopian book does. They don't tell you it all up front. That's kind of not the fun. The fun is as it reveals itself throughout. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of different stuff. But the most important thing that we don't realize till later, but we're talking about now, is that there's no color in this world. Nobody sees color. Nobody can see any color at all. Yeah, everything's black and white. Which, have you seen the movie, by the way? Yeah, I have. I watched maybe 15 minutes and I fell asleep. It wasn't wasn't bad. I saw the whole thing. I'm not saying I fell asleep because it was bad. I just happened to fall asleep that day. It, it It was surprisingly similar to the book. Like, they added a few other tidbits and stuff, but it was, a f- considering how old the book is, it was a fairly straightforward adaptation. Plus, it has Meryl Streep, so it can't be bad. Who was she in the book? She was she was a role that was not big in the book. It was like she was the head of oh, the I forget, yeah, I the forget her Oh, yeah, I forget her, name, her title. The Chief, speaker Chief or something. The Chief, yeah, yeah. But they also, I think they also made the characters older, because they weren't 11. Yeah, no, he was not 11. They were, I mean, like, they were like high in, like, like, in a lot of books, like... The, they're kids, and then for movies, like, that's fucked up. You can't have them be kids. Like, all of Game of Thrones, everyone in that book is, like, 12 years old. Yeah. And that's gross, because everyone... With the does, dwarves and titties, yeah. too? There's no dwarves, but there are plenty of titties, and they're all 12 years old when that happens. So, like, this is illegal. We have to make these adults for the show. Mm-hmm. Those are precocious children. Very precocious. <laughs> well, quite. The, uh... So, yes, the movie, they are... At least the... Children are older. I mean, they, I guess I don't remember exactly. They look like high school age. They don't get placed when they're twelve in the movie. Right. But they never. I guess they don't say explicitly otherwise. Well, in the that's the, throughout the book, they reveal every year what happens. It's like at this age, you get your bicycle. You get a age, jacket with a zipper on it. Well, this age, you get smaller buttons to signify your increasing independence. This year, you get pockets to carry mm-hmm. around your fucking trinkets. In case you want to purchase to, Manhattan show, Island, and show your responsibility. Yeah, like they keep to they keep, keep increasing your own stuff. And, and you could be shitty at being a nine-year-old and, like, you're going to be nine again for another year. <laughs> like, you you're, not, you you're not ready to be ten. <laughs> you fucked up, kid. Which is awesome. Like, that happens That's to... kind of how our world works, too, except you, you turn of age, but you keep the same grade. Yeah, but, like, but no, but like in this you society... You colors. You're a kindergartner. But in kid. this society, like, once you become a 12, nobody re- remembers age anymore. Well, also, in this society, there's no birthdays. Everyone just turns of age at the beginning of the year. Everyone has the same because that's what was like. The same I was same. bigger as a kid when I was Wait, younger because I was born, I was born later born. in the year or some or earlier, earlier in the year. But the adults stop keeping track. They mention that too. The adults no longer care. They're no longer like, am I a forty-one or a forty-two? Yeah. Who cares? I mean, of course, that's only like the middle-aged women who say that. But they're like, uh, who knows? I'm forty again. And, but the the child the children have these plus twelve very clearly delineated things. And the society could be like, you know what, you're not ready to be a 10 or whatever the hell it is. You're going to stay this, which is kind of, uh, it's kind of fucked up. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a very pragmatic society. Well, that's, that's how all dystopians start. It, it, kind of, it kind of sort of, on the surface, seems like a good idea. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you get below the surface. Think about like, it for more than four minutes. Well, that's, I mean, since... It was probably like a self-preservation thing. I mean, can we talk about the term dystopia? It's kind of stupid. Like, the term utopia captures the same idea of dystopia. So utopia is supposed to be a perfect world where right. everything is great and amazing, and then dystopia is somebody's perfect idea of a perfect world. It just totally turned out to suck. But have you read Utopia by Thomas More? 
does not mean it fucking means have no place. It means no place. Utopos means no place. So dystopia means indigestion place. <laughs> yes. Lots of farts. Lots of farts, <laughs> runny shits, all over the places. <laughs> but the dystopia, uh, what I can't think, like dysfunctional, you know, that's what the same prefix yeah. is. But utopia, if you read that, it's also dysfunctional. And that was his point 500 years ago. Like, there is no such thing as a utopia. But then a bunch of I guess it, sci-fi fantasy writers yeah. were like, let's just make it over the top since 1984 came out. It's no fun to make a bunch of series on utopia places. But the, but, but the guy who coined the term utopia wasn't actually describing a place that was perfect. Yeah, but he was then, describing then a place everyone would have to be in on the joke, and most people are stupid. Not here at the Drunk Guys Book Club. <laughs> Not here. We know several words. <laughs> we know the best words. And we, have, we know the best beers. We have another beer? Just do another one, yeah. Are you a beer? <laughs> I'm just going to keep going across here. Nate, you also wrote this. All right, this is called Velvets Are Blue by Tool. I think that's two words. Like, <laughs> two? Maynard Keenan didn't write this, make this Yes, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, Undertow. No, this is, um, <laughs> it's a, it's a, um, it's, Nor- it's a Norwegian brewery. It's, I think it's two ool, because that O has a fucking scent slash through it. It's that other letter that no one knows how to do here. Mm-hmm. But no one knows how to do it here, because it's not in our goddamn language. It's not like we're, like, resistant, like, nah. Not on our watch, Sven. Like this is just not a letter in English. It's they also have that A with the like the halo above it, the little circle. Yeah, I, I mean I'm, it's getting biblical, I guess. But yeah, this is reddish. It is reddish. It's, it's the color blueberries. Is this a blueberry? I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I thought those I thought they were called blueberries. Well, they're really not very, reddish they're, berries. They're really have a lot of red in them. So they're Native American. No? <laughs> They're commie. They're communists. Commie berries. Pinko berries. So they voted for Bernie? Was it uh, Fitzgerald Gray, which it turns as red as the Communist Manifesto? Is that a line? That, that is a line. Oh, that's... Good thing we've already done that episode. It will stay in my <laughs> mind forever. <laughs> Tune in last week. It smells like pie. Oh. It's oh. tart. Yeah. Motherfucker. Oh. Oh, boy. This blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> I don't mind it. It's not the worst, but it's not the something I want to drink again. <laughs> <laughs> it does taste kind of like berries. I but get like it. The berries you find off a bush and then you end up shitting in the woods for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you, like you have to be really hungry. And the woods like, oh, God, I guess I got to finally eat those berries. It's like delay, they look bad. Delay my starvation for two hours. <laughs> oh, Shit a little blood. Dysentery bush. These are terrible. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about this. I'm sorry. It's fine. I, it's fine. I know you, you bought it. I'm not insulting you. I'm insulting, no, I'm, I'm I'm insulting the entire country of Norway. That's all. <laughs> It'd be nice what? if we had more immigrants from Norway in this country. Thing is, a couple <laughs> weeks ago, we had that really. We had a couple. So I hear. A couple weeks ago, we had that really sour raspberry beer. This is kind of kind of the ago. same thing, except blueberries instead. No, this is way different. It was weeks into the future, thousands of years ago into the future. <laughs> was that the? Uh, it's awkward. The ghost at Christmas past of the future. <laughs> <laughs> Thousands of years from now, into the past. Exercise, but... <laughs> this is just so tart. That it is. This is so tart, it made like a black hole in your ass. I'm not sure from what the that clenching, means. From the clenching. I also get like a... Like a fresh... Like un, unwashed fruit. Like something... Not unpleasant, but just... Very raw smell on there. I don't want to say moldy, that's not the right word. But like like a really raw fruit smell you get. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Like really it intense. tastes like the worst section at Whole Foods. 
And they're like, this must go today. <laughs> you get, this shit's got to go. These pears are basically potatoes. It's 45. you got to get these out of here. here. No. Have you ever seen a potato or a pear? <laughs> I don't know if you have. When these potatoes with their stems and their seeds inside, it's yucky. These weird soft apples. You take the peel off of them and you eat those potatoes. I know what I'm talking about. It's got about. those prickly parts on top. <laughs> Yeah, like that. You have to skin them. The hairy nut on the outside. So the big, the early part of the book is leading up to this ceremony where Jonas is going to find out his placement. Him and all the kids of his age. The other 11s, soon to be 12s. 12. And he lives with his family. He has two very caring, loving parents who have whatever really? the fuck their job. Loving. Is. Love, well, good point, yeah. You find out about the father's job at the end. But also the word love mm-hmm. is question doesn't exist. The mm-hmm. They don't know what love is. But they seem to... Right, no, they don't like know They help. don't know what you know this. <laughs> I don't know who does that song. I, I want to know what love is. Oh, that's... Uh, I want you to show me. Is yeah. that White Snake? I think it probably is White Snake. Yeah, so... Music school. There's no White Snake. This is what we learned in music school, yeah. We learned what White Snake songs are. <laughs> yeah, I remember that clip. Like David Coverdale studies. They're like, yeah, here's the music of White Snake. And they're like, here you go again with your professor. And then you like learned about White Snake. The final was called on my own. Yeah, that was the real test. <laughs> Fuck you, Nate. And the parents seem it seems like a very functional family. Like it seems like everything is what most children wish they lived in. Like their parents are concerned about the children, they're fair, they the make sure they're doing the okay. And then they go to the naming ceremony and Jonas gets dicked over, sort of. Like he's waiting for his turn. Everybody mm-hmm. also has a birth number, right? If you're the first person born that year, you're number one. If you're the 20th, you're number 20, whatever. And Jonas is 19, I think, is his number? Some number. And there go, you know, number, th- number three, Barnaby, you are now a street sweeper. <laughs> Yay, Barnaby. Or whatever their names are. And then they go from 18 to 20. They skip Jonas. Mm. And in this society, much like other dystopias, like when like things get ignored... People are like, oh, fuck, that's a bad thing. Like, They're going to kill him. He, and he's going to get released. Well, they don't know what that is. They don't know what it is, but it's not good to go to the elsewhere. And then at the end of the ceremony, the Meryl Streep character, whatever the hell her name was, the chieftain, I don't know, the, the lady, the lady president? The Meryl. She, she's like, oh, I, you bet, I bet you're all wondering why I said that I skipped a number. Well, Jonas, number 19, you've been selected for a very, very special job. You're going to be the receiver. Of pole. <laughs> <laughs> Just like your father. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think you messed up that quote. I'm thinking of something else, bit. maybe. I'm okay. thinking of Fifty Shades of Grey still. So you're going to be... Shades. The receiver of memory. Of pole. <laughs> and you're going to now... <laughs> I like the idea of it. <laughs> What's the fucking... The, the, he's, he's the receiver, is the guy that's in charge. Like, whenever the council has to go he's consult... Like, he's like the outsider. Well, he's like the he's guy at the top. Char- he's not in charge, in charge, but he, he, he's he provides, a very important person. He provides advice when they don't know what to do. Yes. And Jonas is going to become that. He's going, he's going to be trained to become the receiver, who is the guy that is consulted whenever there's an issue. And Except nobody in the society actually knows what the receiver does. I mean, because it's mostly a secret. When Jonas yeah. gets his instructions, he says, tell nothing of what you're doing. You may lie. Ask anybody any questions you want. They'll tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Like they, we, you don't really realize at this point in the book that they don't know about these things. They don't know that there are no colors. They don't know there is no sadness or butt stuff. <laughs> Very the sameness. <laughs> it's just the one hole. <laughs> Not even your birthday. They don't have birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just never get there. 
They actually don't even have sex. I mean, it's never... No, just, no, they don't. Because no. the moment Are he has, like, like, a boner dream like, about the redheaded girl, they give him the pills. They, like, passled no. out all the time, every day? They give him the... the oh, Jonah, it's so normal. He has a dream. He's like, I had a dream about the girl the girl character who's not really important. I forget her name. The redheaded one. I'm going to say Fiona. Is it Fiona? Is it Fiona? Yeah. I think that seems like a that seems like almost like a racist choice. Like redhead must be a Fiona or some shit. But <laughs> must be. A I, I, I didn't know that was a racist name to be called. Is that is that like a super Irish name? It's a very Irish name. I thought it was like a super hipster douche name. After oh, now Fiona it is. Hell. Yes. Now it is. Yes. Who might be listening? But the, she's not. She's not. She doesn't like the podcast. She just sits underneath the stairs and doesn't eat for six years at a time and then emerges <laughs> and panhandles. So, Fiona, because desire causes he, well, conflict. Well, he has a, he has a, he has like a boner dream about Fiona. He wakes up. He's like, I had a dream of Fiona, and we were hanging and out. Her and hair was different. Well, he doesn't <laughs> say that yet. I got a word for it. When you're, oh, I know that. I know. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Let me tell the goddamn story, fuckers. <laughs> it's not even my story. It's Lois Lowry's story. Let me tell Lois Lowry's story. Let me let me learn you something. And he's like, oh, I had a dream, and I wanted her to take her clothes off in the dream. And the parents are like, oh, I know what this is. This is the stirrings. Stirrings, I think. The stirrings in his loins. And so they're like, oh, just start taking these pills every day. That's all you do. You take the pills every day until you uh, until you die. That's how that works now. That's called being a grown-up, son. And he's like, oh, great. I have now made this new step. You know, as reading this as a, as a younger person when I first read it, I wasn't young. I was like high school age. But I it was is a very different reader. vibe. But reading it now, I was like, oh, they're like suppressing all sexual it's, urges. It's, it's suppressing everything. All urge. All feeling. Sure, but like... But, but, but definitely that, yeah. But it's particular about sexual sex stuff because if it was about all urges, they would have started that much earlier. You know, like, why would they wait until the first time you got a boner and they're like, all right, let's take the boner pill. <laughs> Anti-boner pill. And then like, oh, and you're going to stop seeing colors now. Like, no, like, they, it's, it's, there's been other steps along the way. And so he takes these the pills to prevent him from uh, from whacking it, basically. Travesty. It's a, it's a <laughs> fucked up world that he lives in. Yeah. He's going to have a lot of free time. What's he gonna do with all that time? I'm not, I guess he's gonna receive a lot of memory. <laughs> <laughs> Every which way he can. Uh, so sp- <laughs> speaking of uh, Fiona and receiving, one of the things that the giver says Jonas has that identifies Jonas as the next receiver. Oh, he's not. Is that Jonas has the ability to see beyond. Mm. And he sees beyond because every once in a while Jonas will see something like, whoa, that look, looks different all of a sudden. Like an apple. It's the first with an apple. Mm. And then it's with... The red hair. The red hair. Right? Which brings us to this beverage. Which ties in in two ways. So one, <clears throat> this beer I brought this week is called Delirium Red, which is our third Delirium beer in a while now. Yeah, in a short period of time. Yeah. We're, oh, that is... Oh my god, that's... This looks that's red. pretty fucking red. That's, that's a... This happens several times today. So we've had actually everyone except for the basic delirium at this point. Yeah. We had delirium nocturnum for on tyranny. We mm-hmm. had delirium noel for the alienist. Delirium red for two reasons. Delirium, similar to the on tyranny theme, they live in this world where they don't see the world or experience the world as this. And of course red because that's one of the colors mm-hmm. that Jonas first it's the first sees. Color. What do you think? It it smells very red. Interesting taste. Hmm. It's like savory almost. Like that's, a, that's weird. Well, there's something very sweet about it. Oh, it's, yeah. It's like a... I feel like it should be worse than it is, but it isn't. Well, okay. <laughs> this is the only information we're given on the bottle. Ale real bro- offense. Ale brewed and flavored with natural flavors and with stevia added. Oh. Just like sugar-free sugar thing, right? It's yeah. like a natural sweetener. It's like a... It's like a weird free cal- it's made zero from, calorie It's made sweetener. from elf taints. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's It's different. 
It's one of those ones that tastes more like juice than a beer. I think it's delicious. You know, it's good, but it's it's different. Definitely different. I like the other ones better. It doesn't taste like beer ones, so much. Uh, what other ones? They're not delirious. The, the ones that you know, like the sour one. Oh, the fucking blueberry shit. Yeah, I like. No, blueberry. I don't want that at all. No, this is better than this. Is better than that. This is this is different. Definitely. I have no idea what style of beer it is. Or... I'm not sure it even qualifies as <laughs> style. As we've said many times, anytime a beer has like a unique thing, that's where I get interested. It sets itself apart. That's hard to do in the beer world. There are like something like 6,000 breweries just in the United States. Are there any ones that are cool colors except for red? Like, is there a blue beer out there? You know, I don't know. Like, even the blueberry beers are not blue. That would be cool. But like, blue. these red ones, it can't just be the flavoring. They've got to use food color of some kind. Maybe. I don't know. The raspberry one we had was reddish. Yeah, but like, it was a fucked on raspberry, <laughs> sure. But like, I had blueberry beers where it's like a fucked on... It tastes like... It smelled like a blueberry pie. But it was not blue. Like, what do they get the color from the berries? It can't... I, I don't know. Well, historically, blue is a really difficult color to achieve. Oh, well, yeah, certainly. But I mean, like, any color other than red. Well, keep in mind that the base color of beer is yellow. I guess in the spectrum of things. So, like, what can you add to that? So I guess if you added blue, you're going to get green. Like it's a fucking yeah. college well, bar at St. Patrick's well, Day. Well, yeah, just fucking green food coloring. I guess I guess red beer is red is the easiest one to make. It's a different color. This is my favorite delirium. Really? I, can't, I haven't had Tremens in a while. Tremens is the best one. But it's also devilishly strong. It's like 9%. This is 8. Oh, shit. Well, still. They're all around the same. Tremens, is I think Tremens is better than this one. This, is this one's not candy. bad at all. I, I like it. But between the two. It's beer candy. That's true. Which they don't have in this society because they suck. They don't have any drinks or, or happiness. It's just kind of bleh. Everybody does their job and shit gets done. So Jonas is chosen to be the next receiver of memory. So we've got to talk about what really that means. The memory dude, the giver of memory, right? He's, well, he's, he's not even the giver. He's still he's he's not the, the giver receiver. Yet. He's the receiver. That's his title. Well, I'm talking about the old guy. Like the, just no, that, that's his name. He's, he's the, the receiver. receiver. He's the receiver. Okay, you're right. They're all and Jonas, when Jonas meets him at a certain point, he's like, Hey, how can we both be the receiver? And he's like, "Someone's got to be the top." Well, we got to go ass to ass then. <laughs> but like, how can we both be the receiver? You can call me the giver. And they're like, "Oh the shit!" Top. The title of the book. <laughs> yes. And you applaud, guys. Oh my god. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> that was too much. The title of the book. We don't want to give anything away. To <laughs> so anyway, in this society, one person is chosen to have all of these memories. Of the time before the sameness. And, and really memories of stuff, you know, regular, we and regular world would would relate to, like memories of war and memories of pain and memories of starvation and memories of all these like, terrible things. And, and Christmas and family. And all of all the things. And love. And love. And that only one person gets to have these memories, partly because they're, you know, I guess too painful for everyone else or too dangerous. As the society, they had decided long ago that one person needs to have all these memories so that they can have wisdom. And so that when the society and their leaders come up on a problem they've never faced before, because nobody remembers it, they've never faced before, somebody will have this experience. Will have and also you can things. give them to people through magic. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the other thing. That's, like, that's like the one, like, <clears throat> the MacGuffin of the story. The giver, just like, oh, by the way, magic. Okay, cool. Yeah, the giver didn't actually experience all these things themselves. It's like they, these givers, they have a way to send these memories to another person, but it's just been handed down from generation to generation. To it's generation a very simple a method. It just involves an elderly man <laughs> and a young boy behind closed doors wearing no clothes from the waist up and the old man putting his hands on the boy. 
Yep, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what <laughs> happens. That was the book. It was a different time. It was, it was a different 90s. time. Yeah. It was like the 90s. Like the 90s? Yes, yeah, from the 90s. Nobody knew about Bill Cosby yet. Kevin Spacey. Bill Cosby didn't feel any boys. No, he Kevin didn't. Spacey definitely Kevin felt Spacey boys. felt some boys. Matt Lauer didn't feel Matt Lauer didn't feel boys. No, no. He kicked them right out of his office. He locked the door before they got in, actually. With the button under his desk. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a very simple process to transmit memories to the boy. And the giver does that. And the receiver of memory, Jonas, learns about these things from before the sameness. Things that you're led to believe are like generations and generations ago. Mm -hmm. You know, hundreds of years, presumably. But he has no idea these things were ever possible. So things like snow. It's like one of the first things he gets is snow. And Jonas this is fucking awesome. They might cancel school. And hills. (laughs) They don't have hills. They don't have hills. And he rides (laughs) the sled. The sled. And that's where the red comes in because he's like... Later on, like the runners or whatever. Well, he goes. The, the, there's like the color of the sled is like a red sled, and he goes to the giver. You know, ever since our last time that you diddled me, I noticed that Fiona has weird hair. Her hair looks like a sled. And he's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, old sled head Fiona. <laughs> she wasn't too bright." Like, yeah, she has red hair. And he's like, "What the hell is what is red?" And he's like, "Oh, think of the color of the sled." He's like, "Oh yeah, the sled. That was awesome. That sled was red." And her hair is red, like an apple. And then he's like, yeah, because you could see beyond the sameness. Like, he could, he could, does that mean he could see beyond, like, the weird group, uh, not hysteria, the the group of... Hypnosis. Hypnosis, yeah. I mean, like... all under. Yeah, and well, he uh, he hasn't stopped taking the pills at this point. Well, he's just started. It's like like he has the gift of, like, the vision, where he can see it, other people can't, because they're too far bred into this, like... I think it's also because now that he's starting to receive the memories, now he has the perspective to... Well, he also... He was, he was seeing else. colors before the yes. memories. is why they picked him. Yes. But having the memories is how he starts to understand, having... Starts <clears throat> what to understand colors are. what's real. I guess other on. kids, if they saw them, they just get diluted through their fucking Zoloft, or whatever the fuck it is. Well, they might not even notice, right? Like, he, he tried to explain it to the dopey friend, Asher, who's, like, the stooge... This fucking idiot child. There's really only like two characters in this book, and everybody else is like a distant second. Well, they're just they're these like very third. turd. They're just turd characters. Turd characters. It's the turd person. Turdigary. <laughs> That's. They're just these like little sh- things that are there for for the for the Jonas and the old pervert to just ricochet off of the other character, you know, like Fiona, Asher, Jonas's parents. They're purely expositional characters. Yeah, that's fair. Super one-dimensional, boring, stupid characters. Though I guess the society is entirely one-dimensional. That's Everything right. is bland as shit. It's like the, the fucking movie Pleasantville. That's what I was thinking mm. of as I read it. Because once I remember... I mean, like, I oh, have yeah, to imagine that the Pleasantville movie was based somewhat on this. It's only a few years after. Pleasantville's from like 1996, 98, something like that. Really? I feel like it was the early 2000s. I think it's the 90s. Was that pre or post mm. Spider-Man Toby? <laughs> a pre. Pre-Toby. Okay, yeah, all right, all right. Pre-Toby. I didn't know it was that old. Okay. Definitely. He was a nobody to me. He was a supporting character in the movie. He was the main boy. The main boy? Yeah. That's what the giver said about Jonas. He's he my was, ma- you're my main boy, Toby. my main boy, Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> Come receive some memory. <laughs> 1998. Oh, it was one of the years I said. All right, right yeah, okay. Wait, look, he's, on, that... the, he's on the cover of the VHS. Yeah, okay, because now he's fa- the VHS... Him and Kirsten Dunst, isn't it? Uh, is that Reese Witherspoon? Who is that? Reese Witherspoon, right? 
Reese Witherspoon. Oh, Reese yeah. Same thing. But look, Reese Witherspoon round, gets like round-headed blondes. But sometimes the sometimes yeah, but look, the and is Reese special. Witherspoon has a fucking Oscar. I'm like Tobey Maguire who has like an MTV Best Kiss Award. <laughs> yes. Hey, both of those are equally important. That's right. Time's up. <laughs> He's got nothing. Tobey Maguire. They give him a less to- Jonas. Like, let's just say that. Let's just put that out there. But, but Jonas receives memory. <laughs> oh, so it's a deal. Well, it's quid pro quo. Prid quo. Oh, fuck. Quid pro quo. Fuck. Beer much? A little beer much. Yeah. Beer much. Well, I'm drinking it because they don't have it in their society. Yeah, they're not right. allowed. Gotta make up for it. They're not allowed joy. Mm-hmm. So Jonas gets uh, red and other colors and learns the truth. In the beginning, all the things he learns are like, like fun. They're like, oh yeah, riding a sled. That's awesome. And then even the negative things are really minor, like getting a sunburn. A right, sunburn's annoying, but not the end of your fucking... I can't life. imagine there's a whole culture of... A city full of white people who've never had a sunburn. Because <laughs> well, they, they mentioned they have... Because <laughs> they, they like blot realistic. out the sun or something. Well, they have weather control. Yeah. That's why they never had snow. That's why they never had rain or drought or whatever. But still, I mean, they're outside all the time. That happens all year. I mean, you don't have to tell me, man. It happens to both of us. <laughs> all three of us. Yeah, definitely. That's right. Well, speaking That's of a- sunburn... Uh, let's let's open this beer because it works for the book and for the sunburn theme. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is called Double Red by Alesmith. This is an IPA, and uh, if you can't figure out why we picked it, Daniel, fuck you. It's because you're a stupid person. Anyway, yeah, this is a double IPA. I must say, we have this is an interesting interesting week. We have five beers that have a theme. They're all colors. No two are the same style. Mm. They're all very different in taste. Like remarkably different beers. Ooh, Ooh. this is quite. That's that's IPA. This is what I think of when I think of an IPA. It's eight eight point something percent. I think it's eight point three. It's kind of rubbed off. Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay, no, nope, too much. I mean, I like it. This is a good IPA. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. That's pretty pretty goddamn bitter. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty pretty bitter. So, okay, because now that Jonas has this sort of new perspective he gets from all the memories, and in the memories of not only good things, but also, like, really, really painful things that make it hard to deal with, and there's the other person who, you know, killed themselves because of it before. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Jonas starts to realize that the society he's in, I mean, he doesn't use the word dystopia, but he starts to realize that's what it is. He starts to read, and he says, this is still, like, pretty early in the book when he says, oh, we should never have given up our choices or we should never have given up our feelings it's like the giving up of choices for safety mm-hmm. exactly right. and I mean, then it never really says up. it but it's implied that somehow most of the world ended as is true of almost all dystopian things yeah mm-hmm. and these people lived and they're like fuck that we're not going to let the world end again yeah, we're ending let's conflict. make sure everything's exactly. together exactly we're ending pain we're ending conflict we're ending all these all these things that of course are awful but at the same Just time blissful ignorance all it, the time people also then ended their feelings and, and passions and you know Ability to see color. They're never going to know what love is. Exactly. They're never going to have someone show them. And they don't want you to show them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, this is still pretty early in the book. And then. Here Nate goes again on his own. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any more White Snake songs. Nobody does. Not even White Snake. No one knows. <laughs> so yeah, anyway. Um, and everything gets all fucked up. And he's all like, hey, I got to fix this. Well, first when he's kind like. Kind of. Isn't it better if we do this? And the giver's like, no, no, it's not. Like, the giver counsels him to stay the course. But the giver is under this crushing weight of these memories. He's like, like some, some days he can't even do shit. He's like, I'm too sad from all the things I know. Yeah, he's weak. 
he sits in a chair and he just kind of like holds his head in his hands and he's like, I can't molest you. I'm remembering that dashboard confessional show from 1999. <laughs> I can't deal with today. I just was reminded of the entirety of emo. It all hit me. And then I thought of Nicholas Sparks novels. You have to go. That's a walk I'll always remember. <laughs> he's, he's all sad as shit. And then he leaves. And I think that's, you know, if I were like a supervisor in this society, like, man, the, the, the giver totally fucked this job up. Like, he should have mm-hmm. had more structure in the way he gave the memories to the kid. Like, give well, him also, all the good like, stuff. Because he screwed up the first the first Yeah. Kid. Right. Well, let's talk about that. He screwed up the first kid. So, Jonas isn't the first person to be picked as the receiver of memory because there was one about ten years before. And it was a girl. And she, after getting the same kind of memories <laughs> and, you know, getting too many, I guess, too many painful ones, after less than a year? Ten, five weeks is what five she asked. Five weeks. <clears throat> she asks... She asks to be released. Which is one of Jonas's... So when, when all the kids... Rewinding a little bit. When all the kids get their new jobs, they're like, all right, great, you're a garbage man. Here's like a folder of information for you. And it's like, oh, every morning you're going to go here and you're going to wear this and you're going to talk to this guy and this is these are the rules you follow. Here's the food you can eat. Jonas gets an extremely short list. It's one piece of paper. And it's like, I don't know, eight items or something like that. And it's like, you can lie to people. You can ask any question you want and you will get an answer. Report to this place for training. And then... Towards the and end. tell no one. Yeah, you can't tell anybody. You can't take any medicine. And then at the very end, you may not ask for release. You can't. You can't quit. You're not allowed to quit this job. Up up until this point, he thinks release is getting sent to another community. Well, you go to the elsewhere, which is like a heaven kind of thing, right? Like because well, they, they never really say if it's. They say like you go elsewhere, but it, it's never really said like. Cause I guess they don't know what death is. Well, that's that's fair. You don't know what death is, but the. The elderly people go to release, and they it's a celebration. Yeah, because they don't know what dying is. Right, but also when so when old people go to re- get released, it's a celebration. When young children get released, like infants and toddlers, it's a failure. Right, like well, the life that could have been versus the the great life that was. So it's about celebrating life. It's about the ending of life as they know it. But they don't really understand what that means. They I think they they kind of see it as going to this new chapter. somewhere else that they could not comprehend. Somewhere else, like the elsewhere. Somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't, and, he doesn't, and there's also the thing with the pilot, like the, who goes to the oh, next yeah. release. Like, oh, he fucked up. He's going to get released. He will, like, of course, good. be released. Cuck. <laughs> he gets released. So they uh, have this stupid terminology that the people don't understand, which is very Orwellian. Mm-hmm. And when, as I was reading this, I felt like this was like 1984 from the perspective of a child. Like a kid who doesn't understand who has lived in this world. It's a very thought-controlled, totalitarian thing, but also without as much murder. Well, there's a good amount of murder. But it's, not but, as, it's not as much sorry, sad murder. Infanticide is sad murder. Uh, as Jonas learns more and more about the past, about the before, whatever the hell they call it, and about his own side, he starts to ask challenging questions. And one of the things is he wants to understand what happened to his predecessor, who whose name is, and this is also very Orwellian, her name is not allowed to be used for anybody else. Right, like they have a list of names. I guess, like presumably, there can only be one Ray like when a line it, when, at a time. When a kid dies, a new person it, is born with that. Like, yeah, like, they'll give a second child of that name to a family. But I also feel like I, I, I got the sense that, like, when an elderly person dies, then that name is freed up. Yeah, you know, because like the population is controlled. So, like, there's only one. Esmeralda at a time or whatever fucking name they used but the previous receiver it was such a spectacular failure they don't even use that name anymore they don't even say that name like Jonas asked his parents at one point and they're like yeah like, I can't talk about it I don't remember I don't know what they say exactly but like oh it was bad like they don't even 
they don't even answer because it's 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 in like a memory hole, you know, like very 1984-ish. But her name was Rosemary. Spoiler. Oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Let's have a beer. We only have one more. But I'm excited because like this is, our, this is our fifth and last beer for this episode. It is remarkably different from every other beer, I think. Never had it. It's from Southern Tier, which I think we talked about them before. It's from their Blackwater series. It's called Chocolate Orange because orange is a color. So that's what I did. That, that was my right. thinking. Mm-hmm. It's a 10% alcohol uh, imperial stout. God damn. With it smells chocolatey. With stuff. I forgot. Yeah, imperial stout is what it's a dessert beer with notes of chocolate and orange peel. 10% alcohol. It says color black, body heavy, bitterness moderate. You smell it. Ooh, it smells delicious. Chocolate. It smells like candy. It really does. Like, it looks like chocolate orange it's, things. It, it, so, it, it smells really like a fucking Hershey's like bar. It too. Like a what bar? Like a Hershey's bar. Like it's just, it just smells like straight up chocolate. But yeah, but the, but the orange, no. Plus orange, yeah. The orange is stronger the more I smell it. And I'm not, I don't like the chocolate orange thing. Like, what the hell is that brand of the chocolate orange they used to sell? Yeah, it comes in the they fucking They went out of business. Do they really? Because yeah. no one wants to eat a fucking chocolate orange. Well, no one ever tastes chocolate. And like, you know what would make this taste better? Hints of toothpaste. Let's put some citrus in there and some mint. Like, who the fuck thinks that? Communists. Oh, true, yeah. Yeah, they do. It's, I still have it, 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 it smells It smells delicious. very nice. It tastes fine. It really does taste like a chocolate orange. It's, yeah, it, it's exactly it what it tastes It really like. tastes like one of those. They captured they it. They nailed it. They put a whole, a whole chocolate orange into each bottle and then melted it. <laughs> it's, just, it's just just Hershey syrup and a little bit of OJ. That's all. You know, I'll tell you what you don't taste in this. Beer. No. No, you're right. There's like no, nothing. It's, it's a melted chocolate orange. But a little bit of bubbles. Commence the bubbles, please. Add the bubbles. Bubble okay. me. Bubble me. It is. It's interesting. And I see why they call it a dessert beer. Yeah. Yeah? No, I get that. All right. So as Jonas learns more shit, he finds out some dark awfulness about society. So Jonas's father is a child caretaker or something. I forget what his title is. Nurturer. Okay. Nurturer. Nurturer. Thank you. So his job is to take care of the, the newborns. And in this society, by the way, your parents are not your birth parents. Everyone has adoptive parents. There are, and you have to apply to become a parent. You have to apply to get married. Everything has to be approved by society. So Jonas's parents are not the people who are genetically related to him. There are some people get the job at twelve of being a birth mother. You know, they, all your job you're gonna be a birth vessel. Yeah, you're shit out sh- some kids. You're shit out kids. I mean, they don't shit them out when they're twelve. They wait. I think. I right. Well, they don't really say, but I guess I hope. Well, you're like twelve wait. and nine months, I guess. Oh, I'm not sure. But they shit out a bunch of kids. Well, they shit out three, and then they become laborers. Yeah, it's like so you get you get to be birth mother for three years, and then you're just a shitty laborer for the rest of your life. Which is fucked up because you go through labor three times, and then you become. Language things. So Jonas's parents are, I guess, like well-to-do. Like they have good jobs. His his mom is like a scientist or something. She's like a lawyer. She's a, she works oh, in the just, justice justice system. system. Yeah, yeah. It was like that. You don't even you don't choose your husband or wife. You get assigned one. Will you based on based one? on your uh, traits? And I was like, his mom is smarter than his dad, but his dad is nicer than his mom. So they match up. I was like that's fucking weird, but all right. Yeah. So Jonas finds out that. One of the duties that his dad has, the yeah, duty, <laughs> as a nurturer. Uh, so throughout the um, throughout the book, there's a new baby named Gabriel, or he doesn't even have a name right away, but a new baby who also has the same blue eyes that Jonas has is born, and he's like a shitty baby. He's the runt. And he's a shitty baby. He's a shitty baby, and he doesn't sleep through the night, and he's small and runty, but he's shitty. Better just kill it. 
and Jonas's father, who is the nurturer, like he is not an evil person, but he's like, oh, we're going to take care of this baby. And, you know, I applied to see if I could take the baby home and we'll take care of the baby here. So it'll help him get bigger and stronger, blah, 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 blah. So that's going on throughout the whole book and some like very heavy handed foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. And then... Goals heavy fisting. <laughs> 50 shades. Yeah. Remember that? So then <laughs> there's the um, other, another birth mother is carrying twins. It is revealed later on in the book. Mm -hmm. And this is apparently, it's a problem, which is fucking stupid, by the way. Yeah, really Because in a society where they live under what is called the sameness, you would think twins are kind of a good thing. Mm -hmm. But even in this society, it's okay if they're fraternal twins, but not identical. Identical All babies look alike. I don't know how they can fucking tell that yet. And, <laughs> and, uh, they kill the babies. Right, well, okay, so they have to kill one of them. That's the they thing. can't have both They twins. can't have two. They kill the shittier the baby. Because I think they explain it like, oh, it would be too confusing. It would cause confusion. Like a right. really stupid reason. It is a very straightforward evolution. Like, oh, I guess it's not, that's not it's like it's too, And, you know, of course, I couldn't help but think, you know, what about different haircuts? Just try that. <laughs> Just try different haircuts. People can tell, you know, identical twins. I guess, I guess everyone hard. wears the same clothes, so you got to really just boil it down to the haircut. They say that they have everyone haircuts. has the same haircut until you get to be a certain sure. age and they cut it short if you're a boy. Yeah. You can't make even the slightest exception for identical no, twins. No, you just got to fucking, you got to fucking lethally inject that baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Clearly, that's you the more reasonable option. You gotta it down the garbage chute because it's got the same hair as another baby. And that's exactly. <laughs> this is the future, Nate. The future. And this that's, is, that's what happens. That's what Jonas's father does. But of course, Jonas doesn't know this. The father doesn't come home and be like, "Well, I killed a baby today." He just that's because like, he doesn't know what that is. He, I mean, he understands what he did in a on some level, but he doesn't think it's he doesn't see it as wrong. Yeah, like, just, I had, I had to get rid of baby. this extra baby. And then Jonas is like pestering the giver about release. He's asking, like, do you ever think about your release? And then the giver's like, well, let me show you about release, son. And he, and because the giver, very much like in 1984 with O'Brien, the giver has, there's like a, a go two-way, you know, He, he can see everything. In everybody's house, but the giver can turn his off. And the giver usually right. turns his off when they have their, their diddling sessions. But the giver turns it on and says, can you play me the video of the release of the whatever the fuck it was? And then they watch it and... Jonas's father, very compassionately and like nurturingly, takes a little baby and you're like, oh, little buddy, you're gonna go fucking get released right now because you're gonna die because you weigh two ounces less. And he takes the baby and he like sticks a needle in the baby's head. Yeah, it's really. And intense. he's like, yeah, yeah, tough. don't, don't twerp now, not now. <laughs> Going in the tunnel. And then he kills the baby. And he injects it in the head with, like, fucking anthrax or whatever it is. And then <laughs> puts it in a shoebox. It's like, here you go, buddy, and throws it down the garbage chute. <laughs> and he's like, he just whistles his way out of the fucking office. And he's like, all right, time to go home now. No, we'll I'm going to eat one of those potato-tasting pears. <laughs> and he just leaves. And then Jonas is watching all that. All pears taste the same. And let's, I mean, yeah. That's that was it's... redundant, what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> what are those actual pears? <laughs> so he, Jonas is watching it. He's fucking horrified because of all of the memories he's received. And also because he hasn't received the training of a nurturer. He's like, this is fucking wrong. And then he, of he's, course... He's the only really, besides the giver, that knows what death is. Like, in in that amount. Fair. True. Like, the giver says, like, he doesn't know what he's doing is fucked up. It's not his fault. He's just, that's what he does. It's He doesn't know there's anything weird about that at all. This is what he's been told to do. It's what his entire life has led up to. He still can't see colors. <laughs> These beers would mean nothing to him. <laughs> so then, Jonas is appalled, of course. And him, he and the giver hatch a plan to escape. I, I the, the book is is fine. I like the book a lot. But like the one thing I did not really get was how quick 
the giver was like, you're right, we got to like burn down this whole society. I think, we, I think you're led to believe that the giver's been thinking about it since the last receiver asked to be released. I guess, yeah. Well, because so the I, last I could, receiver was not it. a stranger. Yes. The ra- last receiver was the giver's daughter. Yes. Was it his biological daughter or his, or his, his adopted adopt- daughter? His daughter. Tell. It could be both. But I think it's his, his daughter daughter, like in, in the society sense, like his biological daughter. Yeah. But he, it's his daughter. And after five weeks of giving her, like, the memories, and, like, she wants to be challenged, and she's very receptive, she then immediately goes to whatever the hell house of something or others and says, I want to be released. And there's no rule against it. And then she takes the needle and injects herself, which is fucking badass. Mm-hmm. Considering she actually knows what it is. Yeah. She understands it, and she's like, yeah, f- fuck this fucking shit. Fucking kill me. I will kill myself. That's intense. Some Elliot Smith shit. She, she stabs herself in the chest six times or whatever the fuck it was. Topical reference from 2004. Topical. Yeah. No idea what I'm talking about. So anyway, when Rosemary does that, the, the few memories she had been given, they get released into the community and everybody knows them now? Yeah, because these memories have been like concentrated into the receiver. This, is, this falls into the magic category. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and so everybody, chaos. everybody got the memories and the receiver then had to go try and clean up the situation. Right? I mean, they kind Everybody of just adapted it. to it over time. It just kind of, they fizzled out over time. They still take their, they take their emotion drugs every day, so. Right, but, so the plan, so the, the plan, Jonas's plan, is to escape, and by escaping, will somehow, the, the memory, all the memories oh, yes. he like, has, if he crosses the border, received, when he crosses the border, then they'll go out into the community, and everybody will know them, and this will, fuck them up, and this will give, give make everybody realize the all stuff. the terrible things that they actually are doing. But he's also going to help save little Gabriel. Because Gabriel's right. still underweight. So, okay, they're, so well, Jonas makes a plan. Said, We're going to release Gabriel tomorrow morning. Well, Jonas, too small. Jonas makes a plan to escape, and he's, he's got his whole thing, but then he finds out on his last night he's at home that, oh, yeah, it looks like we got to release Gabriel. And that's changes. And it's everything. so dark because you know what release means now, and equivocally mm-hmm. at this point. And the father's like, We're going to release you, little buddy. Yeah, we are. We're going to release you right in the fucking head. <laughs> like, he's just, yeah. We're going to release you and put you in the garbage. <laughs> he, 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 it means nothing to him. They're gonna they're gonna euthanize so baby. Truthfully, you can say anything to babies and they'll be fine with it. But this baby's almost two years old at this point. It's not two years old. It's still a newborn. Yeah, no, he's. No, it's like two. Yeah. It's like Is close it? to two because they held Older. Gabriel back an extra year. So he, yeah, he was newborn for an extra year. Yeah, like he, I, I mean, I thought like that. Like the, years whole, don't the, matter, whole, the whole uh, like the time timeline of the book is not that long. It's only the a few months. The, time, the timeline of the book is about like a, a it's close to a year. However, when they meet Gabriel in the beginning of the book, he's in a newborn, so he's a few months old. So maybe he's not two, maybe he's a year and a half, but he's close to being named. Okay. The naming ceremony so is they, only they when you have haven't officially year. named him Gabriel. Right. That's the name he is scheduled for. But then because Gabriel's underweight and Gabriel doesn't sleep well, now we're not ready to name him, but we're not ready to release him either. He's him. kind of on the cusp. And so they he'll be a newborn for another year. Okay. But because he's a squirmy asshole baby, like, better no, just fucking enjoy Better him. just kill that baby. Let's yep. just cut our losses. This is too much work. So Jonas decides he also has to take Gabriel with him. And so in, in Jonas has literally like a little bit of food, a the, little the, the water. Help him it's, a, it's a yeah. terrible mm-hmm. plan. And in a bicycle. And he's going to escape the whole community. And that's he's going to, like, fake his death in the river or some yeah. shit. Well, that's so what the, the giver's going to say. Yeah. The giver's going to say, oh, he's so going to, like, river. spend their time looking in the river for his body, but he's gone. Which is dumb as hell. Yeah, but everyone in society is dumb as hell, so. Yeah, but they're also hell-bent on following their one job. You know, like, they have their one duty they know how to do. So and they, they probably really have understand. a couple of guys who are experts at rescuing people from the river. So, you know. They're called That others. plan just won't work. <laughs> 
But they also have <laughs> people that are experts at like tracking people or something like that. You know, like they have. I mean, they, they well have the like not. the helicopters or the planes or whatever at the end of the book that are swooping down as yeah. mm-hmm. he's he's like transmitting to this baby the memories of being cold, so they are less visible to the thermo visual cameras on the plane or they have so at the end of the book they're like on the verge of death they've they've been traveling up and down hills and they're running out they like have no food mm. he's got this squirmy 15 month old baby whatever the hell it is jonas is a 12 year old and they are about to die and he's like we just gotta get to the top of this hill and they get to the top of the hill and then jonas is flooded with the memories that he received from the giver of family uh we had the memory of the family at christmas time and he mm-hmm. understood what grandparents were all of a sudden and all that kind of shit and memories of warmth and i don't think jonas lives and like, then the book ends right well, yeah. and that's how it ends, ends right there i don't think jonas i think it's jonas dying now i know there are sequels to the book but if you take that book by itself which it was originally published by itself without any sequels without any hint of a sequel it took years for another sequel for another book to come out and the next two sequels which i read have nothing the fuck to do with Jonas. It kind of seems like Jonas. I mean, I thought, I thought it kind of ends with him like he hears a village nearby and he like goes down towards it. Yeah, but he sees the same memory of the Christmas scene that the so you think he's imagining the village. But it's like his like death throes, and he's like, oh yeah, I guess it's possible. What if instead? I mean, maybe right. What if it's instead he the, the memories of the love and the warmth of Christmas that gives him strength it's Jesus, to move on. Jesus is love. We're not talking about a wrinkle in time just yet, but if in it's a couple weeks. If it's a it's a young adult novel, so I think what you're saying, Nate, is probably very likely. Yeah. That they're like, oh. They're not going to kill off the main character at the end of a book. That'd be a little too dark in a book where they only murdered one baby. <laughs> yeah. There were thousands of other babies to kill. I, I, I think, like, realistically, like, as a reader of fiction, like, that seems to me like he died. Yeah. He sees I mean, this thing, I, he has I, these flashbacks. I feel like, I feel like if, he's with, if he's close enough to hear them. But he's also seeing all Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess... In in your version, he is imagining it. I guess I, in my version, he was actually hearing them. So I don't know. I'd, I'm so, venturing towards the not. Depressing. Well, I think that's what ends up happening in terms of the scope of the series, because there are three seri- sequels to the book, or like it's a quartet. There are they're not really sequels. The final one is sort of a sequel, but that's the only one I haven't actually read. Sun, which only came out a couple years ago. Really? She's fucking milking this. Like 2012 or something like that. 2011. Damn, that's a long Well, the series. first book's like 1992. I think The Giver's pretty old. So I did a little reading on the internet about this book, and apparently Lois Lowry gets asked all the time, what happens to Jonas? What happens to Jonas? And she says, he's alive. Well, that's because she's, she has a sequel where it's important that he's alive. I mean, she wrote it up. She can make whatever the fuck she wants up. Right, yeah. But if this was, a stand- if was it were originally a standalone book, Kind of seems like he died to me at least. Yeah, I have to read Sun. We'll see. But overall, I read the other two. I read the next one is called Gathering Blue, which has absolutely nothing to do with the with the Giver. It's an entirely different community, different set of characters, not even the same kind of community. They live like it's fucking feudalism. Okay. And then the next one I read is called Messenger, which kind of links that plot with Gathering Blue, but like not so much with the Giver as I recall. But I haven't. I read that a while ago, so I'm not. That one's like kind of fuzzy. And then Sun is the last one, which Sun is from the perspective of Gabriel, the little baby's mother, birth mother. Which, Who's still in the community. Yeah, which is interesting. So, I mean, I, I have not read it, though. Okay. Namely because it's the only one that's not 98 pages. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, overall, The Giver's a good book. I mean, I, I understand why... As a, as a young adult book that kids have read for the last 20 years, it's kind of a standard. 
Yeah. Closing in on 30, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's super heavy-handed. They're, kids are dumb. Well, yeah, kids are <laughs> shitty readers. And kids I are first read it when I was 12, and I definitely didn't have the opinion that, oh, this is really heavy-handed. Yeah, I read it then. And Obviously, it was I was, like, that's the, I read it the age you're supposed to read it, and then it was fine. You, you can't pick up on subtleties when your brain isn't done cooking yet. Exactly. <laughs> I read it as, you know, a week ago as a, a grown man, and I still liked it. Yeah. I, when I reread it, it was like, no, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not as... Dumb as some young adult books, which are dumb as fuck. Yeah, most of them are really shitty. I think when you read these sort of things as an adult, you have you have to, to some degree, like I don't want to say suspend your disbelief, but you have to kind of like shift your focus and like I'm not reading this as a you know thirty something year old man person. reading a book for twelve year olds. Just like let's evaluate it for what it is. Like yeah. of course it's not as good as or, you know not as whatever you're looking for Deep. as a book written for adults. Certainly. It's it's shallower. It's it's more direct. It's more simplistic. But that doesn't mean it can't be competently written and it can't be engaging or thought-provoking or all the other things that you look for in a book. Yeah. I thought it was a fun book the second time through. Uh, I, I'm going to actually, when I finish some other crap, I'm going to go read that last book. I'm going to go finish the series finally. It's been 30 years. It's about time. I only, you know, I actually only read this for the first time as a college student. The Giver? Yeah. I never read, read it in school. You had to read it. Did you have to read it or you chose to read it? No, I chose to read it. Okay. Chose to read it. Someone's like, you haven't read this and they shamed me into it. I mean, you can, you can like, knock it out in like two days. It's like a three dump book. Three dumps if you haven't had a lot of White Castle. Three dumps a lady. <laughs> three dumps a lady? White Castle, twelve dumps. <laughs> Brief and extreme. He's each dump, you're just like, and then it's hard to read this one to read like, <laughs> I can't read anymore. I gotta go walk this off. Alright. There's too much blood. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I need paper, honey. There's no paper. There's no guy here. Bring the plunger. Release me. Uh, whew. When did we have corn? Okay, that's <laughs> apparently every day. <laughs> so I like the book. What, what do you? I mean, you guys reread it just this last week. It was you fine. Also read it before. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's an it's an above average young adult book. Oh, it's at the very least above average. Most definitely, young adult definitely. stuff is garbage. Oh, no, it's, they're they're terrible. I mean, most adult stuff is garbage. So yeah, that's true. It's it's really really well written and interesting and I, I guess any any young adult book that has scope. made it 25, 30 years, you've got to. Give it credit. It's no Island of the Blue Dolphins. The fuck is that? That's another a young adult book that like it's like a middle school book. People that's from like fifty years ago. Fuck that. It's it's actually I haven't read it since sixth grade, so I can't tell you if it's actually any good. But Scott Odell, oh, whatever. I don't know what that is. What do you think? Who won the beer today? Mm. All right. So in terms of names, they're all kind of the same. Yeah, they're, we they, kind they, of they're all, all equal. The same they're all color. Time. Although, can I just say, since red is like the most important color that he sees, uh, I would say either double red or delirium red is sort of more applicable, but they're all kind of the same. Yeah. I mean, In I terms of actual relation to the book, those are the other ones. I think delirium red might hedge it out because they all are kind of not seeing the world for what it really is. Yeah, I'll give you that. I think in terms of taste, also delirium red. Though the other one, the other red one was also pretty solid. We did a really good job of finding extremely different beers this time. There are it's a, a wider variety. Normally we end up with like four IPAs. <laughs> four or five stouts. Yeah. We have a shit ton of the same thing where it's like, oh, that's also an IPA. 50, I like 50 I shades of beer. <laughs> These are wildly different beers from like a tart raspberry jizz thing to the chocolate orange jizz thing. There's just so much different stuff happening in there. Mostly jizz related. Yeah. But 100%. Favorite beer? Nate? Uh, I'm going to go with the double red actually. Yeah, good IPA. I like Jimmy? this. I'm gonna go with a delirium. 
I think it's actually delirium. It's just something distinct about it. Something interesting about it. I just really like elephants. That's not true. I don't give a shit about elephants. But I mean, between these, they're all screwed with real ivory. <laughs> oh well, in that case, hundred <laughs> percent. I think the uh, the delirium red was interesting. It's my favorite delirium. I haven't had the regular in a while, but it's my favorite of the ones we've had on the show for sure. And it was just something weird about it. Like I feel it's it's a toss up between that one and the other red one. I thought the chocolate orange was also really cool. I just thought it was, it was interesting. It was interesting. I can only drink about a quarter of that bottle. I don't want any more of it than I had. Like it should be, it should serve that with an additional bottle of insulin, because <laughs> that tastes like diabetes. Oh well, yeah. So that uh, that does it for us this week. I think on the game. Let us know what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. or follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc as in book club, or check out our website at drunkguysbookclub.com. There you go, and join us next week when we read Armada. In the meantime, if you're drunk enough to have listened this long, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening and just add five stars to whatever you're going to give us. It really helps us out. That's a lot of stars. (laughs) (laughs) 27 stars. Amazing. (laughs) We're just the best. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.